of the Uncoachables pod. Uh, I am Matt. That is Milo. I almost forgot my name there for a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a pretty uh, pretty packed day, actually. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, we're kind of recovering from last night's hour 40 NBA pod, NBA draft pod that we had. Um, some fun stuff took place overnight and uh, into today. Uh, we saw a couple no names go some places, and then we saw one semi-large name, I guess, if you want to call him that, uh, move uh, as well in uh, Seth Curry. And then we also have the big news that we should probably lead off today's uh, today's pod with. Uh, we want to get some Fs in the chat for our boy Clay Thompson, who looks like will be out for the year with an Achilles tear. Um by all accounts, though, this is not a career-ending injury, which is very, very exciting. Um, but it definitely does put some questions into uh, what Clay's going to look like when he gets back to full fitness. Um, I guess, I, I mean, you know, all this aside, right? So this is another season that Thompson is is gone. Um, Clay is entering year two of a five-year deal. So uh, he's totaled at close to $190 million dollars. That he holds in guaranteed salaries uh this year he was primed to make 35.3 million uh next year 37.9 2023 40.6 and then in 23 24 43.2 so a little bit of a backloaded contract for him which is fine but i think the big question that we have to ask ourselves here is uh can the warriors compete without him um first of all that this kind of sucks um He's a really fun guy to watch play, and he's probably probably the most complete two-guard in the NBA nowadays um, with his defense and his shooting um, and playmaking, really. The guy's a fantastic passer, which kind of gets overlooked because he's so good defensively and such a historically good shooter. Um, so, you know, hopefully he gets, he gets better and, and rehab soon. Uh, to answer the question, they, they can compete. Kerr is good enough. Uh... Steph is is one of the best to ever play. Draymond should be healthy and, and good enough, and the kid Wiseman should uh, probably step in and have a pretty decent role for them. So, like, compete, yes. Um, legitimate contenders for a title or, or a deep playoff run, I don't think so. Um, and look, Wiggins mm. Wiggins isn't an awful player, but he's he's not Clay Thompson. Um, <laughs> nobody right. in the league right now, not named Steph, is is not Clay Thompson. Um, so they're not going to be able to get the shooting, and the scoring, or the defensive acumen that they got from Clay Thompson, from Wiggins, or from whoever they they go out and maybe pick up, or, or whatever they end up doing with the rotation. Um, they'll be good enough to win some games. They they won't be. I don't think they're legitimate uh, title contenders without Clay. Yeah, no, I I agree with you there. I mean, the fact of the matter is this, Clay has never shot under 40% from three in his entire career, which is absolutely fascinating. I think I hold him in, dude, I think I hold him in the top five all-time pure shooters in the NBA. And I know that's that's a wild uh, statement to make, but if you look at him year over year, he's only gotten better. And he's, I mean, it, it helps that he has uh, one of the other top five best shooters of all time <laughs> in the NBA with him in Golden State, right? Um, but it's an absolute shot to Golden State. I mean, I had them primed to at least make a a second round exit in the playoffs this year i think this year without him there it'll be a little bit more difficult for kerr and the crew um but like you said you know 
Wiseman, Draymond, Steph, plus Wiggins could be interesting. I don't know if it's enough to compete against, you know, unfortunately, I hate to say this, the Lakers, Portland, um, Utah. And now, as of things have kind of stacked up, the Clips and Phoenix. So, I mean, we're going to see how it kind of goes. And and not for nothing, too. Like, we got to add Oklahoma City onto this list also because they've gotten, I wouldn't say significantly better, but they've added some fun pieces as well. Yeah, that's the other thing with them talking about them competing is the West is just so, so, so stacked. I know it's always been that way, but, but you know, several years back, saying the West was stacked meant you had, like, I don't know what four or five teams that were locks and possible title contenders. Now you've got like ten teams that are legit like playoff contenders, and maybe a couple more. You know, Memphis gets in there when when uh, when they get their couple guys back uh, from injury to go with Ja. Um, uh, who, New Orleans, maybe they're they're really young and inexperienced, yeah. but you never know. But like uh, even still, they're a team that could beat a bunch of teams on any given night. They've got enough star power to, and, and enough players to do it, but. The West is yeah. just nuts, and I think without Clay, they just there's no way the load that they'd have to put on Steph to just win games every night is is I think it's going to wear him down over a shortened kind of compacted season that they're going to run. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I think I still think that they're in the playoff conversation, but I, they're not title contenders. Definitely not, and 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 it sucks to say because I was really looking forward to seeing that crew back. Uh, healthy and fit and, and, and ready to roll. Um, but pivoting away, uh, and I guess with them being in the conversations, the first five of the draft kind of went as predicted. Um, Edwards, Wiseman, LaMelo. Uh, I was a little bit surprised to see that we had to wait until, what was it, the 20th pick or the 15th pick around there for moves to start getting made. Um, but all in all, I mean, I, I got to say, some of the moves that were made during the draft, right? Ariza goes to Detroit. Detroit picks up the 2020 first-round pick. And then Houston acquired a future first-round pick, which has yet to be determined. Uh, Minnesota got Ricky Rubio and two 2020 first-round picks. And Oklahoma City got James Johnson. Okay, fine. Plus another 2020 first-round pick, which totaled the number to 17 officially as of last <laughs> night, which is still fucking crazy. Um, a couple other notables that I just wanted to call out here. Um, this one was a weird one. I, I didn't know how to take this. So Oklahoma City dished out Cassius Winston, and then they got Vit Krejci, who's a point guard from, I want to say Serbia or some shit like that, and then Admiral Schofield. Um, in my opinion, it just looks like Oklahoma City is literally priming to do full-on rebuild. Um. Yeah, that's with that's, SGA. that's purely a pick stash, I would think, an overseas pick stash. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it just, I mean, you know, realistically speaking, it looks like there's a there's just a a full on rebuild going on in Oklahoma City, which I'm comfortable with. I mean, you know, you you mentioned it the other day on the pod, but like the one big as like the one big negative against Presti was was James Harden, but he also drafted James Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, so. I mean, if, if a guy could potentially, and Adams too, if he wants to find talent, I think he can do it. And, and, and there's a shot that with 17 picks, you might hit something big eventually. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I don't, they're still going to uh, going to be competitive as they are. SGA is just so good. They still have guys like Steven Adams, 
um, some, some veteran guys around there. Like they're they're still going to be good. They'll be I'd say good as in you know they'll they'll battle for a seven or eight seed probably, but uh, they'll they'll still be a factor for sure, even during a rebuild. Which I mean, uh, when you're so blatantly rebuilding, that's that's a really uh, that's a really good thing to be able to hang your hat on. Yeah. And the flip side of this, one of the other ones that I, I didn't get to call out was uh, Dallas gets Josh Richardson and Tyler Bay for Seth Curry, uh, which brings Seth Curry to come and play with his father-in-law, which leads me to believe that him and his wife have yet to have sex. And uh, Doc <laughs> wants to make sure that he doesn't doesn't do anything crazy. <laughs> um, I like that move for both that's teams. Another... Yep, I agree. I think Seth gives the team uh, – I mean, he can operate as a point guard. He can also operate on the wings when he wants to. Um, good ball handler gives them another dimension that I don't think they had. Um, and then, you know, the flip side of it is too, they got rid of that, um, that Horford contract and pick up Terrence Ferguson and Danny green, who they flipped already. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, right. Danny green. Um, oh my gosh. I've got so much stuff open here and Danny green is not one of them that I had to, uh, <laughs> Don't worry about it. No one cares about Danny Green, bro. Danny Green ain't it, bro. It's not a big deal. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, they it's, have not. it's been interesting. They have not. They, they haven't not. flipped him yet, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. But that's that's like uh, I th- that's really good. Like I, I really like what they've done there um, in Philly. They they really need the only way to figure out truly if Simmons and Bede is going to work is you have to surround them with shooting, and they've they, they're finally being surrounded by that. So. For, for all his struggles, uh, you know, in key moments last year, Danny Green's still a 3 and D guy. They went out and got Curry. Uh, no, he's not. He's, he's not even, <laughs> no, he's not. He's not even that. He's not even that. He's not a 3 and D guy. He's just literally a body on the floor. They picked up a body. <laughs> they, uh, they went and got Curry, who was – if his brother wasn't an all-time great, like we'd be talking about Seth Curry as a, an all-time great shooter. Um, the, the man can, can fill it up and uh, – you know that that's something they desperately needed. And I think that's a really, really good pickup for them, at the expense of Josh Richardson, which which kind of sucks. But uh, on the flip side, Richardson's really good for the Mavs. I think um, he yeah. he won't have to be a primary scorer with Luca around, which is fantastic for him, and he's great defensively. Um, and he could still get NKP. you seventeen. Yeah, he could still get you seventeen, eighteen a night too, um, if you need it. So yeah, I, th- I think that's a much more and comfortable t- fit for for Jay Rich and a pretty good match for both teams here. And Tyler Bay, who's, I mean, whatever, right? Um, we'll find out what that can turn into for the Mavericks. But I think all in all, they're they're in a position. I think they learned very quickly last year that one of them, one of them gets hurt in in Porzingis or in, um, uh, in Porzingis or Doncic, and things kind of fall apart pretty quickly. And having more reliable guys is going to be the thing that really puts this team over the edge. And, and I think Richardson kind of gives them that. I don't I don't think he's a part of a big three by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he's reliable enough for them to count on him in big spots um, or at least be a serviceable, I guess, body on the floor, unlike Danny Green. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm curious, though, who do you think had the best draft last night? Ooh, the best draft... I don't know. That's tough. Um, I really like Sacramento. Like I, I talked a lot last night about Halliburton, and for Halliburton to fall to Sacramento, there, I, I really like 
how they picked that up. I, I don't – if they're going to lose Bogdanovich, which it sounds like they most likely are, you know, you replace mm-hmm. that with a, a young guy on a rookie contract who's proved he could fill it up too. Um, so I really like that pick. Um, hmm, I, you know, I was really confused by what Boston did. Um, I, okay. I really, I really expected them to make some type of bigger move. So their roster is mm-hmm. is pretty much full as is. Um, so to 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 pull in these draft picks, they're either going to have to lose some of their own guys or something, or make some trades and and free up some uh, roster spots. But I don't know. I, I really expected a Hayward move to be done. I really expected them to to swap maybe a couple of their picks to move up. For one pick like I, I was really confused about what they did i have to give so i have to shout out a few teams if that's cool with you mm-hmm. um the hornets picking up lamello carney jr richards and riller i think uh, is great considering that they just put four guys together that can give them a potential core down the road now whether or not they pan out is completely ancillary right but you know you're on rookie contracts for four guys for the next probably three to four years and you can see what they turn into um the other guys that i want to call out i mean i i know it was just one pick but the Cavs taking isaac okoro i thought was really really good um that gives them probably an immediate small forward that they can plug into their lineup right now um and learn on a bad team and i know that sucks to say out loud and no one really wants to hear that if you're a cavaliers fan but i mean you know, it's a young backcourt. Um, Okoro could be a great defensive wing. And it looks like Garland and Sexton liked it too. By all accounts, apparently in Cleveland, they were like all on board with it. So that's a positive sign already. Yeah, he's uh, he's going to have some growing to do offensively, but I think he can instantly come in and be a decent wing defender. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other ones that I want to, uh, the other one I wanted to shout out was the Pistons. Killian Haynes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay, and uh, uh, Saban Lee. Um, the, the the last three were from the Trailblazers, the Nets, and the Jazz. Um, I mean, so there was no ball handling in Detroit right now <laughs> at all whatsoever. And now you have yourself a guy who's played professional sports or professional basketball in France um, and could ideally, in an ideal situation, come into the NBA and just start playing for you. Now, whether or not the plug-and-play is like – immediate and it is perfect and it is to nba standards we won't know um but the other three again rookie contracts you can see what they are you pick up a uh you pick up a center a small forward and then another point guard and, and kind of see how it how it works out yeah um, and the, the moves they made one... too uh were, were really good they picked up magruder in that three-team trade who as uh you know i got to watch him with the heat before he he went over to the clippers um he's a really good rotation uh, a backup point guard. He's a pretty solid. He can score. He can he can handle the ball quite a bit. Uh, he's he's decent bench depth. Uh, they picked up Dwayne Dedman, which is again big man depth um, behind Blake Griffin. And then they picked up, um, gosh, who was the uh, Bradley? Uh, Tony Tony Bradley is that what they picked up? Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Tony Bra- yeah Tony Bradley yeah in that deal yeah. to get the 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 Lee pick. Um, so yeah, they're adding some depth there that they, they much needed. They sent out, um, Kennard, but that's okay. He, you know, I think they got enough back to, to plenty of makeup for that. Yeah. Uh, there's two more teams that I want to call out here. 
One of them is your Miami Heat who picked up who picked up Precious at Chihua. We were just talking about him before we uh, went live. Um, I mean, okay, listen. So no one had him high on anyone's list, and he went with the twentieth pick, freshman power forward, six nine two twenty five. We were you were watching video of him. Um, they could pretty much switch at almost every position with Bam and Precious and make it fucking work. I think that guy's going to be a fucking dog. And I, I want to say this right now. He was my dark horse in the latter half of that first round. The other dark horse in the second round, I'll talk about in a minute. Um, but my God, you just got longer and stronger after losing a final to a very long and strong team. Uh, I said this to you last night by text. Did Pat learn his lesson? Uh, yeah, but I, I think also not just learning his lesson, but he also drafted the way that he kind of always drafts, right? He, he wants these, these dogs. He wants hungry guys. He wants guys who, uh, are engaged and are good defenders and he wants ridiculous athletes. Um, and then Spo as well. Spo loves playing, uh, positionless basketball that, that, that all started with the, the Chris, ba the Chris Bosch years where they kind of dropped the idea of a traditional center um, and they go really positionless at just a bunch of dudes who are tall and long and can play basketball um, and defend. Yeah. So you bring in somebody like this to, to, to spell Bam at times. Um, and he may even, who knows, he may even grow to a point where he, he plays with Bam. They've got some some really uh, really crazy lineup possibilities there, especially um, you bring back Dragic, you bring back Jay Crowder. Um, you know, you still got Iggy for another year. Now you've got four or five guys who can defend like any position on the wing or in the front court. It, it's nuts. Yeah. And, and I think the, the interesting thing with Pat and, and Spo is, um, it seems like there's a high level of collaboration between the two of them. Um, and from what I read this morning, the consensus was that Spo and Pat were like, this is a guy that is both literally a physical freak of nature but also someone who can fit our system perfectly. And there was a rumor, um, there was a small rumor that they were actually thinking about moving up for Obi at one point. And um, they kiboshed all of that as soon as they saw Precious just leave the top 10. Yeah, they, um, from from all, um, all the inside stuff around the heat um, was that they were at least somewhat interested in moving back to the second round and snagging uh, Vernon Carey. But uh, when, when Precious fell this far, Pat Riley couldn't resist. Um, I think I think Riley said he had him as, as the best athlete in the draft. Uh, and mm -hmm. the kid can shoot. Uh, he's, he's still got a long ways to go to become a consistently good shooter, but the kid can shoot. If he can develop that jump shot at 6'9", with that athleticism and the defensive ability, uh, he could become a, a, a crazy combination there with Bam. I mean, let's not also forget the kid's fucking 19 years old. There's still two more years of growth left in him. Mm -hmm. There's a... There's a there's a six ten six eleven guy just waiting to be found in the NBA. Um, just want to pivot real quick. My last shout out, and I know, I know, um, this is kind of a tie. Unfortunately, I'll I'll do I'll do the first one, uh, which I think is a little bit more interesting for me personally, being in the in the Northeast. Um, the Knicks, man, Obi Toppin and Emmanuel Quickly, um, probably. Probably I would say that for me, it was the Knicks that had the best draft. And the only reason that I say this is because they have not done very well over the last few years. Um, actually, let me rephrase that. They haven't done anything at all that's been interesting. RJ Barrett, fine, last year was an interesting pick. Um, but it wasn't 
anything out of you know like it was just a guy from from duke or, or north carolina or wherever the fuck he's from mm-hmm. um and obi coming in as you know the naismith player of the year and then emmanuel quickly um who was also what i think he was the acc freshman of the year or like player of the year i want to say i forget i think he won he won some little award too um i mean listen quickly is a 42.8 percent three-point shooter Toppin is a literal workhorse and a New York boy. Could there be any better story for the Knicks than that by itself? No, I I, I love I watched Toppin a lot in college. Um, I I really like his game. I really like him as a person. Um, and and for him to to stay home and put on a Knicks jersey, I think is a going to be fantastic for the franchise for something that they can they can sell right. But also he's a guy who can come in and immediately be a solid player and a solid lineup guy and possibly play alongside uh, Mitch Robinson there, and, and they could have a pretty nasty front court. I do want to call this out, though, and, and, and this is something that um, I I think it, we should probably address very quickly. Uh, the last uh, – let's go through the last 10 Naismith Award winners, okay? Real quick, just so we're aware of, of how much better Obi Toppin has the possibility of being. Uh, Evan Turner, yikes. Jimmer Fredette, yikes. Trey Burke, yikes. Doug McDermott, who? Frank Kaminsky, yikes. Buddy Hydefield, yikes. Frank Mason III, yikes. Jalen Brunson, jury's still out. And Zion Williamson. So these are the last 10 guys who have won that award uh, that have, you know, that are in the NBA. Uh, before that, some other notables. You have Blake Griffin, Durant, Bogut, uh, Shane Battier, Kenyon Martin, Tim Duncan, uh, Glenn Robinson, David Robinson, Ewing Jordan, Ralph Sampson, Larry Bird. I think Buddy Heald is the best player you called out there. Uh, the last 10 years? Uh, yeah. We'll see. I mean, I think Jalen Brunson has a chance to be a very good NBA player. Maybe. Um, but I he, think Buddy Heald, Buddy Heald is probably the best one there. Yeah, he's, he's become monstrous offensively. Uh, so uh, speaking of the Knicks, not to steal your, your thunder here, speaking of the Knicks, they just dumped all of their cap space. They dumped six veterans, um, and they didn't pick up the, Taj Gibson the, being one of them. Yeah, they dumped Taj Gibson. They didn't pick up the option on Bobby Portis. Um, there's a couple other guys who, who, you know, at the back end of their roster that they dumped. Uh, but they freed up about $40 million in cap space. Uh, do you know what they allegedly plan to do with this cap space? Uh, does it involve uh, a man whose knees will give up in the second month of the season or someone who has a very large beard. They have it does not. Uh, this one might surprise you a little bit. They have great interest in signing a particular white guy from down the road in Boston who is likely to decline his player option this week. Gordon and, Hayward, huh? Yep, they have great interest in signing Gordon Hayward. Uh, he's he's probably the signs are that he's very possibly going <laughs> to decline his thirty-four million option with uh, with Boston and the Knicks immediately seem intent of offering him every penny they have available in cap space i don't like that i, I kind of like do i kind of do they i i kind of do the team they're building down there to get hayward as a uh, hayward's a great scorer he's kind of people kind of forget because of his injury in boston and he hasn't been around a ton and and you know they have tatum and kimba and all these other guys who can score but hayward can light it up he's a he's a fantastic wing guy who can get you 25 a night if you need it um i think that'll open that offense a bit for those young guys and uh 
it'll free up it'll free up the paint for Toppin and Robinson. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I want to add to this too. I don't know if too. I like the money they're going to have to pay him, but I, I, no, I do like that's the what move. I'm saying. Yeah, I do. Yeah, like the I don't move like the amount of money that they're going to throw that way. Yeah, I like the roster construction, but maybe not the money. I think low key. I think the Knicks have kind of realized that they can't get the big name signing after going Durant, Kyrie, LeBron. Uh, they they went after Wade at one point, didn't they? When he was when he was on a stretch, when he was like kind of sort of thinking about leaving Miami at one yeah, point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they went after like um, anybody available over the past eight or nine years. Um, and I this think is smart they're, though. They're, they've come to terms, but to give Hayward Hayward forty million dollars is a lot of money, and I personally I don't like it only because I don't see him. I mean, all right, listen, Robinson's fine. If Emmanuel quickly really does turn into something interesting, it'll be okay. But like, is Hayward going to be your, who's your one? Like really, who is your one? Uh, it's I not mean, Barrett. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's about having a one. I think it's about um, having reliable scoring while developing Barrett and Knox to be scores. As well as I mean, the flip, side of that, the flip side of that too is that, do you really think that any of those guys who have gotten hurt in the last two years are going to last in a fucking Tom Thibodeau system. Uh, that remains to be seen. So, I mean, I have questions, but there is one more thing I want to shout out with the Knicks, uh, uh, Jersey boy and Seton hall alumnus miles Powell got his contract with the fucking, uh, with the Knicks. That made me so happy dude to read <laughs> that this morning. I'm Joe. If there's a guy in the if there's a guy, a guy who has the potential to turn into a much better Steve Kerr, it is him. He can't yam the ball at six three, but I'll tell you what, bro. He's wet from anywhere on the floor. I will send I will send a link of his highlights to anybody who ever <laughs> wants to watch them, and they're filthy. What he did against Oklahoma a couple of years ago was wild. Um, him against Oregon, I want to say it was last year, was insane. Um, they just picked up a lot of wings and a lot of scoring um, off the bench. I think for um uh for for cheap really uh and the other one who actually got signed from seton hall was romaro gill who's a seven foot one jamaican freak uh, he went to the utah jazz so be prepared for the jazz to have basically the twin towers out in fucking uh <laughs> out in salt lake um so the tie the other half of that tie that i wanted to shout out was the 76ers um they picked up tyrese maxi isaiah joe and paul reed um I got to give them, I mean, the Knicks and them, I think maybe had the two best drafts. Um, the experts are going to say otherwise, but getting rid of Horford, um, adding Seth Curry, like we mentioned before, and then bringing in Tyrese Maxey. Um, I mean, and, and Paul Reed, I have to say, I, I watched him play in the Big East. Not bad. Uh, Reed's a great defender. Um, and, and Isaiah Joe's a solid shooter. Tyrese Maxey, was probably one of the biggest surprises, I think, in terms of him and Precious falling into that that late 20 spot. Um, but I got to give him credit. I think overall, the Sixers have done their due diligence. And by the way, what did I say to you? Daryl Morey is going to fucking pull something out of his ass. And so far, so good with Daryl Morey. He's kept good on his promise. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's certainly doing more for that roster than uh, Brand did at any point last season. Yeah, well, I mean, I think well, it's it's Maury and Elton Brand at this, but I think Maury is the one kind of like running the ship, right? Uh, they say Brand is still running things, but I mean, these moves were not Elton Brand moves. I don't think <laughs> these were very Maury esque mm -hmm. moves. 
Yeah, I, I, I liked all of them, and, I, and I'm, I'm very appreciative that might mean. Um, people who lost the draft, do you have anybody who f- fucked up royally? I Like I said, I think Boston, and and not necessarily because of who they picked, but because of what they didn't do. Um, mm. You know, they, they have a, a title-contending team right now, and instead of using all the, the capital they had and, and players, like, they, they didn't do anything. They just drafted a bunch of guys. Yeah. Like, I... I don't, you know, this isn't, like I said, nothing against the guys they picked or, you know, some of these guys may turn out to be good, but Desmond Bain's a big-time scorer. They got at 30. Duke can light it up. Um, so, I mean, it's not like they drafted bad players. It's just that they had the capital to go out and do something to add to their already young team and already really good team right now, and they didn't do it. Um, I, yeah. You know, I, I think, I don't know if that puts them a step behind some of the other teams in the East, but it, it certainly doesn't put them a step ahead or – or keep up with some of these other teams. So yeah, I think uh, I think it's it's weird to say a team with three first round picks loses a draft, but I think in this case, yeah, I I call them kind of losers of the draft. Uh, my pick will go to the Suns. Uh, I understand that they drafted Jalen Smith at ten, and they saw a lot of potential as a a what six ten three and D guy. Um, but they had uh, Devin Vassell, Tyrese Halliburton, and Aaron Naismith on the floor available to them to be drafted and they decided to go with the kid from maryland who okay by all accounts he's filthy don't get me wrong the guy can block shots he can definitely defend he can pull up when he wants to he's not big enough to bang at 610 225 he's a little skinny um but i i think the only way to say this is i was underwhelmed or maybe just whelmed by the pick um and the other one that i think you know whatever uh I know I'm, you're going to laugh at me for this, but I thought the Lakers were going to be a little bit more active, um, trying to at least get something uh, for the future. And it doesn't look like they were prepared to make any moves whatsoever yeah, that, to get that's anything. Like the, that's like the good and bad of a LeBron team, right? Like all these LeBron teams do the same thing. Like you, you don't really plan for the future at all. You plan for this year and this year only. And then when the year's over, you'll plan for the next year and the next year only. Um, it just kind of comes with the territory of having a LeBron team and knowing that you're a championship contender. Um, yeah, I mean, they did get the kid from Washington. Um, I forget his name. McDaniels. Uh, mm-hmm. Jade McDaniels. They got the big guy from Washington um, for some depth there. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of it's kind of run-of-the-mill for LeBron teams. You don't see any team with LeBron planning for the future because you have LeBron James. And, and for them, they have Anthony Davis as well. So, um, but they right. did. They did. Uh, they went out and made the trade for Schroeder. I think that was kind of makes up for for draft picks and whatnot. That was a really good move for them. So I don't hate that, what they did. I that think was the fine. spot. That was the spot that they let go at twenty eight, right? So they ditched the pick and whatever else at twenty eight for for. for That's Schroeder. right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. McDaniel's won't go to them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. I, I'll be honest with you. It's going to be really interesting um, to see Ricky Rubio back in in Minnesota. Um, by all accounts, you know, he's happy, you know, he was happy where he was and, and, and all that other shit. But I, I wanted some, like, if I'm looking at the the level of activity by NBA teams, I'm a little bit upset at the Lakers. Um, and I mean, granted, the Suns have done the most in order to get their shit done. Um, but that draft also, I, I thought was incredibly weak for them too. I, I just the pick itself. I mean, especially with the three options you had on the board. Um, but it looked like they were willing to go size to compete immediately with, you know, what's in the West. Um, I know that fucking news is going to be flying 
through for the next 24, 48 hours. And it's going to be an absolute disaster for us in terms of like, how do we keep up with it on Monday? Um, I'm even thinking about just starting a Twitter channel for us or a Twitter page for us just so we can just tweet, retweet Woj and fucking Shams out all day um, at this point. Or like let people into our Discord channel so they can talk shit with us. But <laughs> um, as of right now, you know, I'm just seeing a lot of people declining options. Uh, the Suns declined a 5.2 million option on Frank Kaminsky. Uh, it looks like they declined a qualifying offer to guard uh, the, the the Celtics have declined a qualifying offer to Brad Wanamaker. Uh, the Lakers, where was it? The Lakers are not interested in bringing back Cook. Um, so it, I mean, it's going to be like this for the next 24, 48 hours. I don't think I'm going to have the headspace for it come Saturday afternoon <laughs> with football. So I'm going to pay as much attention today and tomorrow see where the chips fall you got and, anything uh, else for the nba uh anus Cantor also throw it in there he, he he picked up his option so that's that's even one one less roster spot that boston will have available hmm. it looks like they're they're really trying to they're really trying to make it work up there in boston but i don't i don't know we'll see what happens yeah uh yeah <laughs> there will be some some interesting stuff going on with them um and maybe not so much, you know, maybe Hayward will just decline his option and that'll be that, you know, Boston won't really have anything to do with it. Um, but that'll, that'll yeah. be interesting. That'll be interesting. I guess we'll see. Where it goes and how it goes. All right. You want to switch over to, uh, you want to switch over to football? Uh, yeah, we're about halfway in, so uh, let's do it. You know, this is going to take a minute too. Um, <laughs> and I, we have a few hours until we can finalize. I'm fucking excited here. Um, all right. This, I think we should talk about last week real quick. Uh, we both came this close at one point on Sunday. We both had the lead at one point on Sunday in our, in our friend's pool pick. Um, we ended up getting burned in a multitude of ways. Uh, but probably the worst one was the Sunday night game that really did everybody in. Cause we all had, we, everyone had Baltimore up and down the line. Yeah. Um, but the Detroit game, betting wise, was what really killed us. And uh, I am, I'm looking for a fucking. I need a fucking. What's it called? I need a. I need a redemption. I'm down sixty dollars to you motherfuckers, and I want my money back. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> I'm down sixty dollars, and I want it back. I want my money, and I want it now. This could be um, the week. I think this could be the week, but I have to. You know what? We got to play it smart here. Um. So let's start off with the big one tonight, Arizona going to Seattle. It's a three-point game. Uh, the Cardinals are plus three right now, which uh, I think is very polite to that Seattle defense. Uh, yeah, I, I like Arizona here um, getting a field goal. I, I'd rather get three and a half, but I don't think you're going to get three and a half anywhere. Um, I like Arizona here. That's getting, not. Yeah, I like Arizona here getting three. Um I just Seattle's defense is just so bad. It's hard for me to lay three points against a really good team with them at this point. They're just not helping. Russell Wilson's turning the ball over now because he's forcing everything because his defense can't stop anyone. It's just the defense isn't helping him at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Arizona. There is, I mean. Not to mention Arizona's all... riding like Kyler Murray's riding super high right now after last week's heroics and and you know that yeah confidence is through the roof right now big divisional game I, yeah I, I like arizona getting the points 
it it seems as if this game is going to be a it, it it could be a shootout or it could be very quickly shut down by Russell Wilson mistakes. Um, both defenses are they're not the best defenses in the NFL. Let's leave that. Let's just kind of leave that where it is, right? No. <laughs> um, so they could they're going to give up points to each other. I just think really it's going to be a question of who makes the first mistake, um, or who makes the most mistakes offensively. And um, I don't know. I don't see Seattle's defense really punishing Arizona right now. So I, I took Arizona as well. I also I I took the Cardinals to cover too. I think that that's going to be. I don't want to say easy money, but as close as you can get to a sure thing this week. Um, yeah, I took them straight up in our pool as, as well as I, I think I like them tonight getting getting the plus three. All right, let's move ahead. Uh, Sunday, 1 o'clock, the Atlanta Falcons heading down to New Orleans. Uh, right now, the line is at the Falcons getting four and a half points. How do you feel about this one? I like New Orleans. Um, and, and I don't want to, <laughs> I don't, I don't want anybody looking at me like I'm crazy when I say this, but I actually think new Orleans is going to be much scarier on offense without Drew Brees and with Jameis Winston back there. Um, yeah, he's going to have a couple turnovers because he's Jameis Winston, most likely. Um, I, maybe Sean Payton coached a little bit of that out of him, but regardless, Jameis Winston opens up the entire part of the field beyond 10 yards downfield that wasn't opened up with Brees at quarterback this season. Winston can sling it. So now you have Camaro on wheel routes to worry about. You have Emmanuel Sanders. You have uh, Michael Thomas. Uh, you have, uh, I forget their third receiver's name, um, uh, Traquan Smith. You have all these guys can run deep now, and it opens up that deep passing game. And their offense, I think, is just going to hit another level with Winston. As I know Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer. He's an all-time great, you know, all this and all that, all the records in the world. But Winston has a cannon. He throws it better at this point than Breeze does, um, and he's certainly not afraid to sling it downfield. So I really like what this could do for their offense. I'm with you. Um, I mean, realistically speaking, this Falcons team is all-time bad. Like, this is probably one of the worst Falcons teams I've seen in a very long time. Uh, Julio Jones, unfortunately, will have spent his career on perhaps – one of the worst teams he could have ever played for in spite of getting to a Super Bowl and losing it, right? Like hashtag he was, free he was this Julio close. Jones. Yeah, hashtag free Julio Jones for sure. Um, I think four and a half is, I think they cover. Um, it, it, like you said, Jameis, Jameis plus Camara equals a lot of fun different things. And if I'm Sean Payton, I might have a few RPO plays this week just to see what the fuck could happen. Uh, it, 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 it could be really fun. Just a Thomas on the outside. You get Kamara and fucking Winston in space, and then you just decide. Let the guys decide to see what happens. Um, Drew Brees' noodle arm was not doing the team any favors, but when he figured it out, he figured it out. And I think that one big game against Tampa uh, kind of demonstrated that he was back a little bit and then kind of fell apart. So um, I don't know. I, I, this could be fun. Uh, I'm going to touch this game, and I'm going to take the Falcons, uh, as, or I'm going to take the uh, Saints as well. Um, at the four and a half, I think maybe they win this by a touchdown, touchdown and a half, probably. There's going to be some, um, not to get too ahead of it, but there's going to be some, some, uh, some clamoring there. Say Jameis comes in and they play incredibly well, and Jameis takes that offense to heights they haven't seen this season. When Breeze gets healthy, if Breeze comes back in, comes back, and they start dinking and dunking again, like there's going to be some fans out there, like you know, mm -hmm. clamoring. 
So yeah. That'll be, that'll be you interesting know what? to see how they navigate that. I'll be honest. When they picked up Jameis Winston, uh, I thought it was for a reason, which was Drew Brees has two more years left in the NFL max. Um, and I think the ideology there was they can't draft for a quarter. They can't go out and draft a quarterback right now. They can't. They, they feasibly cannot go and get a good quarterback in the draft. What they can do, though, is they can sign a guy who was literally for the best quarterback of all time, had no offers pretty much, and they brought him in to be what, like the second and a half string quarterback ish, yeah. right? Yeah. To make um, to pay him nothing, right? For for this year anyway, uh, that may change. Yeah. You know, if he comes out here the next couple of weeks and and you know plays lights out, that that'll definitely change next season. But I think he's a serviceable replacement, and I think you know teams were very dumb. There are teams that like Chicago, Minnesota. Detroit kind of not really no definitely not Detroit but like the Jaguars there are teams that need a quarterback and they they definitely balked with Winston um, yeah absolutely. I mean I don't give a shit yeah I mean part of that was due to you know Trevor Lawrence being the number one pick this year too like NFL teams mm-hmm. I don't care how often they say they don't tank like the the part of the reason Cam Newton wasn't signed Jameis Winston wasn't signed all that stuff this offseason was because Trevor Lawrence and a couple other potential top tier guys are going to be in the draft this year. And these teams know that. Um, so instead of yeah. paying silly money to, to Jameis or Cam Newton or anything like that, they go with the young guy on the rookie contract who they can build around for the next five years. So, but yeah, you're right. Um, there's definitely going to be some teams, some quarterback needy teams uh, this off season where, where Jameis is going to get a look, I think. I agree. And, and, and if he does well in in New Orleans, he could he could potentially stay there. And I hate to say this too. There's there's a couple other teams that need a fucking quarterback real bad, like the fucking the Cowboys. I understand that that yeah. Dak is hurt. And, and think uh, about uh, think, be, think beyond this year too to other situations. Like, what if Big Ben retires this year? Think of Jameis in yep. Steelers uniform, opening up. You know, keeping that offense full speed to go. Like, you know, there's some interesting interesting things out there that, that could turn up for a guy like Jameis if he comes in and plays super well over the next few weeks while Breeze is injured. And, hell, maybe yep. he stays in uh, – maybe Breeze calls it quits. I don't I don't think he will. He's, he's he's said several times he wants to play until he's, like, 45 or something. But, you know, maybe the Saints get to a point where they're like, ah, well, you can, but it ain't going to be for us. Um, you know, just yeah. like New England and Brady, you know. Um, so who knows? Right, we'll see. It, the fun starts this week for them. We'll find out. Yeah. The next one o'clock game, Cincinnati traveling to the Washington football team. So before I give you, I, so we got burned last week and I think I learned my lesson. So right now Cincinnati's getting plus one. That is a fucking disaster. I don't want anything to do with this game, but in the pool, I'm taking the Washington team. Um, I actually took Cincinnati. Really, I like Joe Burrow, man. Like they're they're competitive in almost every game they play. They have some weapons on offense. If they get Joe Mixon back this week, it, it helps their offense out tremendously. Um, T. Higgins is a monster on the outside. Like I, I I like their defense is awful, but the Redskins aren't exactly equipped to punish that super hard. Outside of Terry McLaurin, um, yeah, yeah, I, I pick Cincinnati. Do you take the line on that one? Absolutely not. Uh, I, that would be a tease game for me. That that would be a game I toss into a teaser. If you can tease, uh, being plus one, if you can if you can tease Cincy up to to plus seven and and you know with a maybe a couple other dogs, I think I like that better. Okay. The next one o'clock game we have. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I just lost my shit real quick. Uh, the next one o'clock game that we have, we have New 
New England heading down to Houston. Um, Houston, which I think is fascinating, is plus one and a half. Yeah, I like New England. I took here. New England. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, I like New England here. There's, uh, there's one thing the Patriots do well, and that's run the football. And Houston has the worst run defense in the NFL, and I don't think it's really even close. Um, so, you know, they can't stop the one thing New England does well. And if New England can just run the ball and control the clock all day and keep Deshaun Watson off the field, they should win that game. They'll have just enough defense to to stop them, to slow them down and win that game. I'm going to take, I think, the Patriots at one and a half, given one and a half is interesting. I would throw that into a teaser as well. I think it could be a little bit more than that. Um, but I, I, from what I saw on that Sunday night, uh, last week's Sunday night game, even when it's raining outside and Cam Newton decides to throw the football, guys can catch it. So I'm hoping on a dry day in Houston, they can do the same thing. Um, and speaking of guys that need to get out of a fucking bad situation, Deshaun Watson needs to get the fuck out of Houston. Like, uh, right now. He just signed his deal. He's in there now. I'd, I'd literally be asking for a trade tomorrow. I think uh, I think had O'Brien stuck around, I think he might have some problems. But but with O'Brien gone and them kind of starting fresh this offseason, I think he'll he'll be excited to to see what they can do. Um, their problem we'll is see. O'Brien got rid of all their first round picks. So like Miami has their first round pick this year, so they're gonna have to either make mm-hmm. some moves to to recoup one or, or something, or maybe hit hard in free agency. The good thing is, like yeah. they, they have some free agency appeal. I mean, you have Deshaun Watson at quarterback. You're in a state with with no in state income tax. Like, there's some appeal there for offensive players. So, I mean, they'll be able to do something. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. Another the next one o'clock game. You have the Philadelphia are heading up to the Cleveland Browns. I have a weird take on this game. What do you would you go with? Uh, I actually took Cleveland, and I I. I wouldn't mind giving up the three points with Cleveland either. Philly is just really bad. Carson Wentz uh, looks like he's going the wrong direction. Um, I gave him praise several weeks ago for for keeping his team in these games, despite them being pretty bad. But I mean, he's kind of gone the wrong way since then. And uh, yeah, I just uh, Philly's just really bad. I, I got Cleveland. I took Cleveland as well. And this is another game I'm putting on a teaser. Uh, I think I think that this is at least a touchdown game, unfortunately. That defense can't stop shit. Um, my only concern, my only concern is I don't know. I don't know who. I don't, I don't know who's going to catch balls in Cleveland right now. Uh, Jarvis like, Landry I guess, I get, and only Jarvis Landry. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. But that's that's literally where the Browns are slowly morphing into the Green Bay Packers. You know what I mean? Like it it's a little uh it's a little suspect. And, yeah. and also they do a lot with their running backs though. I mean they have the benefit of having both Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So they they do a lot of stuff out of the backfield. They're very similar to um kind of like New Orleans where they throw a lot to their out of their backfield or uh, Cleveland will throw a lot to the guys out of the backfield. You got Landry. Rashard Higgins is serviceable. They'll be fine. Yeah, and, and it was nice to see Chubb come back last week and fall at the half-yard line. So I'm looking forward to that again next uh, this coming uh, yeah. weekend. What a, what a bad break in Vegas. Well, a great break for Vegas. Awful break that, for anyone yeah, betting on that. Terrible for the public. Uh, the next game that we have is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, 
Pittsburgh. Yeah. No need to get cute. Yeah. That's pretty much all I got no. for that game. <laughs> but do you, do you take the 10 and a half? I say yes. Uh, no, I still don't. Really? Yeah. No. Didn't we learn our lesson last week? I mean, Green Bay is a different beast from, from Pittsburgh. I just, I don't. If if the Dallas game hadn't happened to Pittsburgh, I I think I'd be a little more wary of the ten and a half. But Pittsburgh has had their scare now from a terrible team, and I don't think they're going to let it happen again. I would not. I'm I'm saying I'm taking I'm taking that ten and a half for Pittsburgh. Oh, giving the ten and a half? Yeah, I'll give the ten yeah. and a half all day. Yeah. yeah, I'll give the team a half. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I want that. I want that ten and a half and and fucking let's make it fourteen and call it a day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean I would bet big on Pittsburgh. I mean it. I, I've been saying this for the since the season, probably since like week four or five, that they've been pulling games out of their ass. But I think maybe they've officially gotten back on track in terms of like this could be an undefeated season for them, and they could very much just run the gamut. If they decide to turn it off in the last two weeks, that's fine. Um, but it, it's it's kind of sort of up to them to 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 make it work, I guess at this point. Yeah, and it's funny you say fourteen because that's that's actually why I see a lot of value in that line for Pittsburgh. So just last week, Green Bay was favored fourteen over Jacksonville. Jacksonville hasn't changed, but I think Pittsburgh is a much better team than Green Bay is. But they're only given ten and a half. Like that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I, I see some value there for Pittsburgh at ten and a half, for sure. Uh, next we have uh, shit uh, Tennessee going down to Baltimore one o'clock. Um, the line here is the Titans getting five and a half. Let's let's game this real quick, okay? You're horrible. You just come off of a thorough shellacking at Gillette. Yeah. You played in a monsoon. Maybe a couple of guys have the sniffles. You're very angry. Lamar looked like shit. There isn't anything really that you can do right. The defense looked like it got fucking just absolutely abused by a bad, by a mediocre quarterback. I'm not going to say he's a bad quarterback, by a mediocre quarterback and a, a very underwhelming run game. Do you bounce back this week? Mm. I say yes. I say yes. However, what is the weather looking like this weekend in Baltimore? <laughs> uh, I actually say no on the bounce back. I picked Tennessee here, and I think I would take the the five too. And maybe that'd be my teaser pick to throw in with um, uh, Cincinnati. Sorry. Um, yeah, maybe maybe Tennessee at plus five would be my teaser to throw in with with Cincinnati. But uh, yeah, I I even took I took Tennessee straight up in our pool. I, I I've been waiting on the Baltimore bounce back all season, and it just hasn't really happened. Their offense is just not good. Lamar's been bad all season statistically, much worse than what he was last season. Like way way worse. Not just like a little bit of a fall off. It's been way worse. They they don't seem to be able to run the ball, despite the fact that they have three good running backs there. The defense is, is kind of sketchy at times. Um, yeah, I just – I don't see it. And Vrabel in Tennessee, like, had them figured out in the playoffs last year. Um, you know, maybe that adds some juice to, to Lamar's fire and whatnot coming in after Tennessee shellacked him in the playoffs last year. But I just I, – I don't see it. They, they have to prove it to me before I'll believe that it's there this season. So you're taking Tennessee, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. This is an interesting pick. Yeah, Baltimore's got I to took, show me I'll something take... before I'll I'll believe them. Okay, I I took Baltimore only as a bounce back game, but I think we've gotten burned on two bounce back games this year as it was. <laughs> so maybe maybe it's time to switch that pick over. Um, 
let's take a look here. The next one that we have. Oh God, this one really hurts my fucking soul to talk about. Fuck. It's terrible. I can't even talk shit. It's just I can't. It's sad. Four twenty-five on Sunday. Green Bay goes to Indianapolis. I took Indianapolis. Oh, I thought you were going the other four hundred five game. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I won't. I won't talk about that one yet. Cause I mean, what's the point, dude? Like, fair. You already know that's gonna go. Uh, I actually went with you. I took Indianapolis on this too. Um, I think you know Green Bay is. At, Green Bay's at got one and some, a half though. Green Bay's got some cracks. Uh, Indy's defense should be able to do enough against the one receiver Green Bay has. Um, to to the defense should be able to slow them down a bit, and I just I like Indy here. I don't think Green Bay is as good as their record. That's that's pretty much all it comes down to for me. I'm not touching this game with a 10 foot pole. I think one and a half is absolutely disgusting. I would maybe take Indianapolis straight up, but even that's kind of questionable for me right now. I'm going to leave this game alone, but I did take Indy for the pool. Um, like you said, the defense is just, the defense is, is, is too good. There's not enough on the green Bay offensive side. Um, the only way that this game gets decided any quicker is if Aaron Rodgers runs for like 90 yards in this game, because I, I don't, I don't, I, they don't have enough really to make anything work on, on the offensive side of the ball. Also Indianapolis has sneakily one of the best defenses in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So, um, this is going to be a shutdown. Very, 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 very big shutdown. I think for green Bay, and they're going to learn a very lesson in Indiana. Um, let me just move ahead. Because this one's pointless. Uh, the Jets. Oh, the Jets. Going to LA. Getting nine and a half points at 405 on Sunday. I took the Chargers, obviously. I also took the nine and a half. I, I think I think the fucking Chargers can beat them by 14 even. Um, if if Herbert showed us anything against a good defense last week, it's that he could probably obliterate a bad defense. Yeah, I obviously picked the Chargers here. Um I don't know that I want to mess with that game though, uh, with the line. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe that would go into a teaser as well. Not maybe. Uh, Why not? If I, if I could tease that down with LA, that might be that might be something I'd look at. Um, How far down the line would you tease it? I don't know. I'd I'd like to get it under a touchdown. Like the Chargers defense is not good. So Herbert's going to probably rip the Jets to shreds and, and they're going to put up points, but the Chargers defense isn't very good either. So giving up 10 points with him is, is or giving up nine and a half is a little bit of a scary proposition. I mean, gun to my head, yeah, I'm taking Chargers minus nine and a half because the Jets are the Jets. Um, right. But, and are tanking but, for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, but I mean, they got like, I think Jamison Crowder is back healthy. Like, you know, they, they got some guys who can break free and score every once in a while. Uh, and the Chargers defense is kind of eh. so uh yeah yeah I mean maybe I we'll tease see. that I'm not I'm not touching that you know as it is at the nine and a half but maybe a teaser but yeah for the pool's sake I definitely got Chargers straight up for the second week in a row at 405 the Miami Dolphins are going to Denver Denver three and a half points Vegas is smoking crack this is the second week in a row that they've done this I don't know what they see in that fucking defense um, but three and a half seems far too low. The Raiders literally whooped that fucking line by probably what 30 points or some shit like that, or 20 <laughs> points. It was just absurd what they did to the fucking Broncos. They didn't score a touchdown last week. They threw three picks. Uh, I don't think Locke is playing they're again. Not they're not giving any respect to Miami, which is fantastic for me. I'll keep I, every week now. I've, I've, I've raked in on Miami for the past three or four weeks. So 
I really like uh I really like that Miami's getting no respect. The defense they're playing right now is out of this world. Two is playing well. They found a little bit of something in, in Ahmed at tailback. Special teams seems to make a play every week. Like I you know, for Miami to still be getting no respect is is should be good for the public. Do you think that Vegas is just expecting Miami to have a like a, a fluke loss? I, well, not just a fluke loss, but at some point, you know, two is going to – at some point I think that they believe that two is going to have to try to win a game with his arm, and I'm not sure that anybody's really seen that happen yet. Granted, he threw it two weeks ago. I mean, the man threw it super well playing Arizona. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's it's a little bit of the stigma around, ooh, they're the Dolphins, so, you know, they could lose at any moment now. But, truthfully, they deserve a lot more respect than, than giving just three and a half to Denver. Maybe yep. the, uh, maybe and, there's a weather forecast I haven't seen that's playing a role in that. I don't know. Uh, but I I like Miami both straight up and, and giving the three and a half. We'll see what happens. I definitely think that that three and a half is not enough. I, I That's another game I, I would probably bump up on a teaser with some, some favorites that I think could definitely go a little higher. Um, moving on, and this is probably the least interesting game all weekend, Dallas going to Minnesota at 425 on Sunday, the Vikings are minus seven, which I think is a setup. (laughs) This does seem a little bit like a trap game, right? So Minnesota, yeah, Dallas has been really bad all season. Minnesota has also been fairly bad. Most of the season, everyone's going to look at last week and the past few weeks for Minnesota on their win streak and think, yeah, Minnesota should easily win this game. But, they won't. I don't think it's going to be that easy. I mean, Dallas, this is a three-point game in my Dallas opinion. Dallas found a little bit of something against Pittsburgh, and and you know, despite the fact that I think Pittsburgh kind of slept walked into that game, but this this seems like a trap. I, I picked Minnesota straight up. I would not touch this game in Vegas. Like I, I at se- all, it seems very much like a trap game with seven points. If it dropped down a little bit, I'd be interested in Minnesota. But I, this is this seems like a trap, and I want no parts of it. <laughs> I took Dallas. So in the pool, I took Dallas. I think to your point, they did figure something out against the Steelers. Um, I think Minnesota's win against Chicago on Monday night was fluky. Um, it, it didn't seem like, I don't know. It didn't seem convincing at all to me. So I oh, think Dallas yeah. traveling to Minnesota. More due yeah. to Chicago's horrible offense, I think, than anything. Absolutely. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Dallas's offense isn't much better either, but um, I do think that, there's something to be said here about Dallas traveling. If this is the one game I lose this week on conviction, I'm fine with it. <laughs> um, no, I'm, yeah, hundred percent. I'm fine with it. I just have a good feeling that Dallas could go into Minnesota and just show them a little something, something on the defensive side of the ball and, and probably put them to shame. Also Minnesota's uh, Minnesota's offense and defense is middle bottom of the table. Dallas's defense is uh, trending towards the top of the table. Their offense has just got awful. So it, it's literally like, you know, if you look at the fucking table, it's like Minnesota, Dallas, Dallas, Minnesota. Like they're not too far away from each other in terms of where they are defensively and offensively. Um, moving forward to the primetime Sunday night game, which I want to say could be one of the more fun Sunday night games we see in a, in, in a while. The Kansas City Chiefs going to the LA uh, to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, at eight twenty. Um, the line right now is Chiefs minus seven. Uh, yeah, right. I have them off the board right now due to all the COVID stuff going on with the Raiders. Um, 
Yeah, I'm game. I took the Chiefs in the pool. I also think that if the if the COVID situation is that bad in Vegas, it could be a much larger loss than we think it is. Potentially, uh, I like the, I picked the Chiefs here straight up. I think I like the Chiefs. Uh, depending on what that line settles at, I, I still like the Chiefs. I think uh, they're going to be out to prove a little bit of something. The Raiders beat them the first time they played, and the Chiefs just didn't look very good against them uh, in that game. So I think they're going to be out out for blood, out to out to prove something. And uh, yeah, I like Chiefs here. Yeah. Plus, plus, I'm I mean, who knows that. who's going to be missing for the Raiders with that COVID situation going on and, and all that. Yeah, and and who's going to have to go into self isolation and all that yeah. other stuff? I'm with you 100. percent And also, I do think that the Chiefs are going to want to get their game to um, to them. Um, it, it's it's going to be an interesting thing to watch Andy Reid go out for blood because I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but whenever he does, he gets a little reckless. Um, he, d- he used to do it all the time in Philadelphia whenever they would lose to the Giants, and and every once in a while it would pay off, but then it wouldn't. So um, we'll see. But I, I don't think Vegas punishes them too bad. Granted, this the, the division itself is just fucking dog shit. This is the only two way dog competition you have, or the only two comp- the two way competition that you have in the AFC West. So. I'm banking that this could be a fun one, but I think at minus seven, Kansas City could probably put a little bit of work in there. This could be a 10-point game, big picture, but we'll see what happens. Um, last but not least, the Monday night game, which I think is going to be probably, aside from the terrible games to pick this week, um, is the LA Rams traveling to Tampa Bay uh, at 8.15. The Rams are plus four. They're getting four points. You learned about the Rams last week. Uh, the Rams are figuring out their offense and what works best for them, and the defense is just playing lights out. Actually, I I picked the Rams here, and I think I like them getting the four points too. Um, same, I, pe- same to both statements. Yeah, people are going to overreact a bit to what Tampa did to Carolina's god awful defense last week, and I I while I do think that they're capable of that every week, I think last week was a big. Um, a big part of that was because Carolina's defense is so bad. I think the Rams are playing super well on, on defense. Aaron Donald is terrifying. Um, you know, the remedy to beating Brady is getting pressure on him, and if anybody can do that, it's Aaron Donald. Um, Jalen Ramsey is playing out of his mind right now uh, to match up against Godwin or, or Evans or whoever they want to match up on. Um, and the offense Brown. is yeah, and the offense is kind of figuring it out slowly but surely. Uh, they got Josh Reynolds involved as a third option last week to go with to go with cooper cup um on the outside there yeah i don't, I don't know i something tells me rams here so I'm, I'm gonna stick with it and uh yeah i think i like him getting more than the field goal too yeah no i agree with you i think that's definitely gonna be the way to go i'm a little bit curious hold on a second i told you exterminators here give me a sec called it as always um yeah no i agree with you i uh, there's very little that leads me to believe that this could end up badly for anybody um the the one concern was the the what the last like four minutes of last week's game which i think probably got a little dicey uh you saw brown's involvement a little bit too much and i think that was just tom trying to pick up a cadence with 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 brown but we'll see what happens i don't know i don't know if there's anything 
wrong with what's going on right now in Tampa, but I, I definitely think that that defense is a little too good for him to handle. I don't know if that Tampa Bay line can handle too much of of uh, of Donald just over and over and over. Yeah. Um, I got some breaking news here while you were uh, handling some exterminator business. The Warriors are um, chatting with OKC about acquiring Kelly Oubre Jr. What? Thanks, you too. Really? Yep. Yeah, this was as uh, as of I don't know, probably ten minutes ago. Um, they're they're nearing a deal to acquire Ubre from OKC. I don't know what they'll give up for it, um, but Ubre would certainly help them fill some of the shooting void and some of the wing depth with uh, with Clay Thompson down. Clay gone. Whew. that's interesting. Fuck. I mean, if you're OKC, I feel like it's very short sighted for you to give up Ubre that quickly. Uh, but let's well, see what they're I mean, off. They, they seem determined to stack up as many assets as humanly possible, and I assume it'll be for either either mid season when when maybe a superstar or two becomes available for trade, or or you know maybe next season as as guys become available. I'm I'm, sh- I'm not sure exactly what they're. I can't imagine they're getting all these picks to use them all. Like they're going to use them as as trade bait somewhere. I would think. Um, and maybe Ideally, like we yeah. don't know what the Golden State deal is for. Maybe Golden State is, I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to do anything crazy. But what if they're like, hey, give us a first and we give you Draymond for Ubre or something. Like you know, give us two firsts and Ubre for Draymond or something. Like I don't know. Um, I don't think they would that do seems... that. But uh, no, I don't think they want to break that up at all. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't, you know, there's nothing out there right now what Golden State might be offering or, or, or what the deal may surround around other than Kelly Oubre going over to, to Golden State. Hmm. I don't know. I, Pres, Presti is just Presti is just hoarding picks right now. Like they're, they're the one ring or something. Like the man is hoarding over there. Yeah, I have a sneaking suspicion he's going to probably set up. Do you think that if, if he could, he would just – literally unload five first round picks for fucking Giannis. If he could. Yeah. I mean, I think most GMs probably would, if they could, maybe not that's five, the only five, thing. Ugh, five would be a lot. Maybe four and a couple pick swaps. Maybe. I don't know. You, you literally go up to fucking Milwaukee right now and you, go, I got five picks for you in the first round in the next four years. You, you're going to say no. I don't think so. No, I mean, it, it would be tough. Like, you also have to think the team that you're getting, so the pick swaps, uh, I don't know. So the team that you're giving Giannis to, you have to assume that that team's instantly going to be much, much better. So their picks are instantly going to be much later in the in the first round. So you're not going to have like lottery picks. But if you could finagle a couple of those being unprotected maybe, then mm. then you've got something. You might have a little something, something. Yeah. yeah. I agree. It's definitely possible. I mean, especially, you know, midway, say midway through the season, um, you know, the Bucks don't get the moves done that make Giannis happy and Giannis doesn't sign his, his max in December. You know, maybe Presti starts making some calls and offering a, a, a table full of uh, a table full of draft picks for Giannis. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's the only like logical conclusion you see with Presti hoarding, unless you really, 16 fucking picks which absolutely you can but it just seems like a lot of 
I don't know, man. Um, I mean, the, the did you see what that tax bill is currently for Golden State, though? Uh, I have not. No. So there, there's there, Golden State's tax bill is currently sixty six million. If they added Kelly Oubre, it would increase one hundred and thirty four million. Fourteen point four million of Oubre plus sixty eight million in taxes is about eighty two point four million dollars. They'd have to. I, I assume they're moving some salary in that deal. Like they I, have to. I, yeah, I, think, I can't imagine it's just. Would you up. send I, Wiggins the other way then? No, I don't know. I don't. No, because Wiggins and Ubre would be what they'd want to to fill, to help fill in for Clay. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Well, no, I don't. I don't think they they send Wiggins. Well, I think we've hit our uh, our natural culmination hour. Are we are we on track for the hour here? Uh, yeah, we're we're one oh eight. We're just over. So, um, before we continue to fucking break live news, uh, like we're fucking gay CNN, um. I ask you, Mateus, is there anything you want to shout out? Um, hmm. That's a good question. Shout out Pat Riley, man, for being Pat Riley. This dude somehow, somehow the stud athlete that he wants falls to him every year in the draft, and it's amazing. I don't know how he keeps doing it. I can't wait until they sign three undrafted guys who go on to be uh, MVP or, or, or all NBA next year or something like it's, it's nuts what he keeps doing there. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a solid shout out. Uh, I mean, I, I was equally impressed with, with Pat Riley. I think if there's something to be said about a guy who's been around the league touch and the answer and just needs to pull rings out onto a table to get Jimmy Butler to sign. <laughs> uh, that, that's all I need. That's all I need to be convinced to go to his team. Uh, I want to shout out masks and washing hands. Good Lord, um, yes. As as of right now, uh, Luis Suarez, Darwin Nunez, uh, Matias Vina, and potentially two other soccer players from the Uruguayan national team have tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, yeah, Lucas Torreira. Uh, so, folks, we're in a second round here in, uh, in the great uh, United States of America. I highly recommend that you fucking wash your hands. You wear a goddamn mask. Please don't go see family if you've feel symptoms or if you're onto crazy religious jesus will protect us from covid type of person um just really take care of each other uh, the shit's real and and it looks like we're we're fucking heading into another bad round as of last week or two weeks ago it looked like the uh english football association was about to let fans back in to go watch games and they kiboshed that shit today so um i 1000 percent recommend that you guys just take care of each other and take care of yourselves most importantly because this shit is not dying out yeah, just be responsible, man. Like there's so much so much hate and angst and all this other shit in in the world today, but like look, we're all in this shit show together, okay? Amen, brother. <laughs> if, if, Preach. If, we don't, if we don't look out for each other and ourselves at the same time and you know, do this thing as as a whole like we ain't going to be here that long. So look out for each other. Don't be an asshole. Just just be a good decent human. It ain't that hard. It's really not. And uh, there is one other thing I want to put out. It's the fact that um, my boy right here has been potting with me for the last, what, two weeks now since he's had his child and he has not missed a beat. So I got to give big ups to uh, <laughs> to Matt over here. Fucking delirious last night with a, with a newborn. It was out here potting on the draft. Yeah, I, dude, that's I, I appreciate you. And that, that that little girl is a fucking ray of sunshine. So let's uh, uh, 
let's take care of her by washing our hands and wearing masks, motherfuckers, please, because this is we don't want bad shit to happen to anybody, especially not the chit the, the, the chitlins. <laughs> uh yeah as always thank you guys for tuning in um whether it be live or you're listening on spotify we we see the uh we see the listens going up every week on spotify which is amazing um so thank you guys uh if you want to tune in i know we're not very good at, at at pitching out a schedule on social media yet but we're working on that so that you guys know when to tune in live on twitch um yeah we're working but if you on don't it. catch us on twitch if you don't catch us on Twitch, listen on Spotify. I mean, granted, uh, Twitch is a little bit more fun because you get to see how absolutely retarded the both <laughs> of us look. Okay. Um, but, you know, I think we sound better on Spotify. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all I got today. Stay safe. Stay sane. See you guys on uh, Monday. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>